0: Welcome to the Smichael Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smichael, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. We're going to explore career resilience. What does a resilient career look like? It's characterized by the ability to both pivot and demonstrate elasticity. Resilient people demonstrate the ability to have comebacks that allow them to reinvent themselves, redefine their goals and reassess their priorities. Moving forward is inherent in resilience. Getting focused on the future requires the ability to assess, confess, and address. We're going to explore each of those elements of career resilience. So how do you do it? How do you reinvent yourself? It sounds so simple, doesn't it? Sort of like you wake up one morning in a new body with a whole new wardrobe. Or someone waves a wand and you become your favorite celebrity? In reality, reinvention is much more complex than that. It begins by assessing your purpose. Our purposes change after adversity. We may have been a hard-driven climber before crisis, but we may find that redefinition is warranted. As you plot your redesign, create time to reflect about your purpose going forward. The question is, what do you believe you've been sent here to do? What is your mission in this life? Those are not especially easy questions to answer. They require a lot of exploration. They require the willingness to be mindful, and peel back the layers of who we've been and who we intend to be. Assessment of purpose is the starting point. It's the most important activity for creating a resilient career. There's also another type of assessment. It's the assessing of your skills and your competencies. In order to have a resilient career where you can pivot, your leadership style has to be one that's poised for the future. You know, you can use formal tools like DDI, Myers-Briggs, or Finders. These instruments give you valuable insights on both your style and how it impacts others in the workplace. This can help you better understand how you actually lead, manage resources, and communicate. If you'd like a more comprehensive assessment, use any number of the 360-degree measurement instruments. This approach requires you to gather perceptions of peers, staff, and superiors. I'm really fond of another assessment called the Reflected Best Self. It asks for very specific feedback from colleagues, friends, family, on specific situations where you shined brightly. Whichever tool you use for assessment, you'll gain greater insights on the impact that you're having in the workplace and the larger world. This can be sobering, and it can be really intimidating. It gives you data that you need to move forward. It gives you insights on your impact. This reality checking moves us from our fantasies of ourselves to a more realistic picture. Assessing the self gives you a clear picture of who you are and how you are in the world. Assessment is an ongoing process. Part of developing a resilient career is maintaining a high level of self-awareness. Working on maintaining that awareness requires that we continue to reflect and recalibrate based on the reflection. Each level of reflection takes us deeper, closer to our core. That's the centering that we need to thrive during and after adversity. Moving from assessing, the old adage says confession is good for the soul. Now, I don't know about all that. I really don't. But I do know that confession is a key component of the professional development process. Once you've used assessment to gather data about who you are and how you are, the next step really is confessing. I'm not talking about being in a dark room with a priest on one side. No. This is a confession to the self about the self. It's a confession of our fears, our frailties, and our foibles. This is the type of confession that comes from deep reflection on where we've been, what we've accomplished, and what we've learned. This reflection, if we commit to it, Will undoubtedly surface our self doubt, our regrets, our concerns for the future, our reservations about our potential, and any uneasiness that lies below the surface. But this confession does more it reveals our buried hopes, the dreams that have been deferred, and our deep seated wishes. When we reflect and are able to confess to ourselves, we're liberated. Just as assessing helps us to learn more about ourselves, confession gives us additional material that we can use for the rebound. It's not self-flagellation. It's an opportunity to continue thinking about where we've been and where we're headed. It's data that informs the future focus inherent in career resilience. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I've had to confess to myself about myself during some of the dark periods in my life. I came to these revelations after having difficult conversations with my most trusted confidants. Those were the assessments that I needed and they gave me the fuel that I needed to admit some things to myself. The first thing I had to confess is that I held grudges. I mean, deeply held, long-seated resentments. This isn't really something I'm proud of, but it's reality. What I learned from admitting this to myself is that holding on to past injuries was stopping me or at least slowing me down in some areas of my life. It was keeping me from moving forward. I got a really important insight from my sister. She said my ability, or actually she said my inability to forgive others was really a sign that I was unable or unwilling to forgive myself For past mistakes. So what does that have to do with career resilience? When you keep your eyes in the rearview mirror, looking at the job that ended, the boss that fired you, the layoff, the furlough, the demotion, the promotion denied, you can't move forward to find the next opportunity. When you interview for the next position, some of that negative energy is bound to surface. When you're networking, you may drop unkind barbs about what happened with your last employer. I've also seen people walking around their workplaces really bitter because of opportunities that they didn't get. This behavior is the antithesis of resilience, it keeps you stuck in the past. Career resilience is all about moving into the future with the right attitude. Invest the time to use the assessment data to prepare yourself for confession. This means confessing the good, the bad, all of it. It allows us to surface new dreams, new hopes, and to plan for the next step. It liberates us for creating a new existence rich with new opportunities. The reason we work on developing career resilience is so that we can both find and create prospects that are renewing, refreshing, and revitalizing. The last step in career resilience is addressing. You've been prepared to address strategies for building the next iteration of your career by assessing and confessing. It's time to address the path that you intend to take to design it. Reality tells us that no matter how much we plan, we can and we will be derailed by life events. While that's true, it does not mean that we shouldn't plan. We plan with the full understanding that things can go awry. Think of the plans as a framework or a flexible guide that will help you in your quest to redefine and redirect your career. I like a five-fold process for addressing reinvention. I'm going to run through them very quickly and then we'll explore them in depth. First, create a declaration of intent. Next, identify your career objectives. They've got to be in alignment with your personal and your life objectives. Then, brainstorm a wide, wide, expansive range of action steps. Then you have to take action. Finally, evaluate your outcomes. Before formulating a declaration of intent, it's important that you be able to clearly answer the why of your intent. You've gathered lots of data from assessing and confessing. That's what's gonna help you be clear on the why of your intent. The why can't be just because you were fired, divorced, downsized, got sick, or experienced some other trauma. The why can't be a retrospective, looking at what went wrong and brought you to needing to make the transition. The why has to be focused on the life and the career that you want going forward. Be clear on the why of your intent so that you can strategically direct your next chapter. Why are you making the transition? Starting with your declaration of intent, It's a statement of where you plan to direct your career or even your life. It captures your unique direction. It states the direction in which you're moving. So here's an example. I'm moving into the next phase of my career as a pro bono attorney who serves the poor with compassion, competence, and commitment. Or here's another example. I'm transitioning from banking into digital design. This transition allows me to develop the new skill set that interests me and will enable me to continue to earn a living. I wanna share one last example. Having had the opportunity to explore new options, I've decided to pursue a third career as the founder of a nonprofit organization. Notice these are all personal declarations, they're meaningful and they're intimate. Next up, defining clear career objectives. Your objectives are the large overarching goals that undergird your intent. These objectives should be in alignment not only with your intent, but more importantly, in alignment with your core values. Your objectives state more of the nuts and bolts related to your intent. These objectives will move you strategically in the direction of your intent. They're the link between intent and action. A sample objective may be, I'm retooling my skill set to find a leadership position in digital design. Another objective may be, I'm committed to learning about philanthropy so that I can found a nonprofit that serves young people who are aging out of foster care. And another example could be, I'm building strong connections with social service agencies that can be a source of client referrals that will enable me to have a steady stream of clients for my pro bono work. I think of the objectives as the feet under the faith expressed in your declaration of intent. The next step is to identify clear action steps. These are the activities required to make your objective more than a wish. You may decide to prioritize your action steps based on the resources that you have available. You may even prioritize them in order of difficulty. Now, I'll tell you this about myself. I'm a big believer that the first action steps should be easy to attain. I like early successes. The next steps, the next action steps, they should increase in complexity and require more effort. This is how I gain my footing and build more confidence in my ability to craft the change that I want to create in my life. In the case of the desire to launch a nonprofit, that example, the first action step may be to read a book on starting nonprofits. The second step may be to take a course in nonprofit leadership. The next action step may be to schedule appointments to interview executives in nonprofits in your community. Another action step may be to research the legal requirements for starting a nonprofit in your state. Now, what I'm going to say next is gonna sound obvious, but it still needs to be stated. The step after brainstorming action steps is to act. Yes, to act. It's so easy to list action steps, but it's more difficult to take action. This is especially true when we're recovering from setbacks. Our egos may be wounded, Our confidence may be shattered, we may have lost hope. So action is challenging when we're still processing what we've gone through. However, action is necessary if we're going to thrive again. Take small steps each day. Watch the progress that you're making rebounding from adversity. Stop at intervals to take stock of the actions that you've been taking. Celebrate your successes, even the teeny tiny successes. Celebrate them. The final step in the process is to evaluate your actions. Evaluate based on whatever criteria is most important to you. It may be the number of people you've met that have increased your network, It may be the resources you've garnered. You may evaluate the number of courses you've taken. You may evaluate based on the new skills that you've learned and used. No matter how you decide to evaluate your action steps, conduct the evaluations at regularly scheduled intervals. That's how you'll stay on track. That's how you'll fulfill your strategic intent. I want to do a quick, quick review on this five-fold process for moving from surviving to thriving in your career. Craft a declaration of intent. Identify your own clear career objectives. Make sure they're in alignment with your values, your personal, and your life objectives. Brainstorm and prioritize a wide range of action steps. Don't limit your thinking and don't limit your dreaming. Take action and celebrate even the smallest victories. Evaluate your outcomes. You know, we're never going to return to where we were in our careers. That time is past. Career resilience enables us to focus on the future and to face it with hope and optimism. It enables us to transform ourselves, our lives. Resilience is a muscle that we develop and strengthen with consistent use. Use this five-fold process to write the next chapter of your life. Remember that you can build a full, rewarding, life and career with contentment and joy. This is the essence of thriving. It's the essence of career resilience. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope that you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe to get more relevant leadership learning. Check out my YouTube channel to stay prepared for leading in an ever-evolving world.